0: Welcome to another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Instructional Technology and Digital Resources in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Today I'm joined by Estrella Barrera, Associate Dean of Health Sciences, and Grant Potts, Department Chair of the Department of Philosophy, Religion, and Humanities, as we talk about the impact of faculty mentors on Guided Pathways. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh,
0: Let's start off by talking about uh, a little bit about the definition of faculty mentors. What are faculty mentors and how does the college define and and utilize faculty mentors?
2: Um, Faculty mentors are a role that is increasingly important, I think, at the college. Um, What they are are uh, people, faculty, who have a specific role in mentoring and helping students through their academic pathway with a particular focus on helping make sure students persist and bringing those students to completion uh, and helping make what I often refer to as a good handoff for that student. Meaning not only do we get them to graduate or transfer, um, but we make sure that they do that uh, so that they are set up with success once they get there to their transfer institution or they're set up with success when they graduate, meaning they're moving into a career uh, trajectory that that works for them. Um, right now uh, we have seven faculty mentors and they provide, and these are adjunct faculty who are instructional associates um, and have dedicated 20 hours a week to doing this mentoring work. They carry a caseload of about 300 students each, so they have about 300 students uh, that are students who have gotten to at least 30 credit hours but have not gotten quite to that level of completion yet. We define it as 30 to 44 credit hours. Um, And uh, they monitor those students, they engage with them, uh, they help make sure that those students don't fall off the track, as this is a particular area where we see a lot of students exiting uh, without any evidence that they're exiting to go somewhere uh, else. And so we want to make sure that there's a a faculty there to help create relationships with the students, Mm -hmm. help guide them, and help them make that transition. So they can assist with any number of things, looking at um, what's going on with their academic path, making sure that they're making connections with their programs and departments, um, making sure as they're thinking about transfer, because a lot of the faculty mentors right now are working in transfer programs, um, that they're set up for the transfer institutions that they're looking at exploring other options uh, so that they can make sure that they are successful in that transfer if that doesn't work out. Helping students with things like uh, talking to the department chairs or other faculty about substitutions, about making sure that they they get the resources they need to complete, uh, really forming a relationship. They can also help get letters of recommendation, um, all those things that are kind of the softer, wider realm of faculty work uh, beyond the classroom. I mean, all of us who are faculty to some degree, this is part of what we've discovered, you know, all of us to some degree, work as mentors for our students Mm -hmm. that could be an informal conversation happening after class where we just connect with a student we hear about where they're you know wanting to transfer we know something about that institution and we say hey you might want to check out this professor um, and even go talk to him Uh, those kinds of little moments with students are really uh, really vital to their success so what we've tried to do is to create a cohort of faculty who really take that on as an intentional part of their job and a more robust part of their job. Um, talking to the mentors, you know, sometimes when they work with students, uh, they, you know, they sat down, had a fairly quick conversation, and really that student just needed a faculty member to have a connection with within their programs, within their area of study, to know, that you know, they're, they're like, great, I know you're here, uh, I know I've got an ally if I need it. Other times, you know, I've talked to uh, we've talked to each of our faculty mentors since their work last semester, and one of them told us about, you know, basically talking to a student, realizing that we didn't understand what that student needed for their transfer path. I think it was um, in a science or engineering field to a and um, and spent good four hours just figuring out how does the, our institution get that information, how does a student get that information, uh, so that they understood what they needed to go there with success. I think that's kind of how I would would summarize it. What would you say? No, no,
1: I would definitely agree with all of of that, Grant, and I would like to add, you know, how how did you even get here with Mm -hmm. faculty mentors, right? This really came out of the work with Guided Pathways, and uh, when we started with Guided Pathways three years, four years ago now?
2: However many years ago. Yeah,
1: (laughs) however many years ago. uh, This was really one of the elements that kind of came out of, all right, so we're rolling out, Guided Pathways, and uh, uh, along our work with that, we'd recognize that faculty mentoring was going to be a key role in how we guide the student uh, through completion or transfer, and so that's really uh, a good model to frame this and for, if, you know, our audience being faculty that they recognize, how, you know, how we got here and this really came out of the work that we're doing with Guided Pathways.
0: So what is, the, what is the I guess, distinction between faculty mentors and advisors?
1: Well, the, the faculty mentors are on the instruction side. Uh, the advisors are student affairs. And uh, when we launched this, this work, Grant and I two or two, two years ago, uh, we recognized, and we all recognize here at ACC there's been a huge divide between, faculty and advisors and, you know, you did this, you didn't do this, and and so really we've been very intentional about, you know what, let's break this barrier, these silos, and let's create this bridge, right? There's an opportunity for us to better support the student and we all have a key role in this student's life, right? And um, the work that Student Affairs has done and the way they have revamped their whole advising system into a more case management model has really been an opportunity, again, for now the faculty mentors to join and come together and just really collaborate, creating a, an environment of collaboration. And, you know, the advisor is the first person the student sees when they come to ACC, and they play a critical role in navigating the student to the, now the faculty mentor. So uh, there is no, okay, my, the advisor is done, here, faculty mentor, take the student. You know, it's this collaborative relationship and culture that we really are, have been focusing on creating and, um, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done but we definitely have seen the, the value in the case management model, hence that with faculty mentors we're, we're uh, following what the student affairs has done with their case management model and that's the way our, our mentors are under, right, they're assigned. Uh, 300 students and they're managing them along their path.
2: Yeah, and I think sometimes, um, you know, when we when we go on this journey into really this pathways model that we've decided to embrace institutionally, uh, it you know, there's there's a level at which it does call for us to rethink how we think about how we organize what we do. And I think part of what the pathways model does is it says organize what you do around the path that the student is traveling along and the support they need to be successful in that path. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people get caught up kind of in that path, And right? But if you actually look at the literature on the pathways model, it's much more about the support service around the student mm-hmm. and reorganizing the institution around that support service. And again, in the literature, a lot of what they talk about is the siloing of our, mm-hmm. our institutions. And that, what that means is that we've classically organized around, all right, so this is advising. You have these roles. And in advising, yeah. you're a financial aid advisor. And you're, you, know, you have this role, this role. You're faculty. You instruct. You do this. And making sure that everyone has their own roles around the institutional structure and demarcating that. Mm-hmm. And if, you're, if this is not your role, you put it over to that other person. What Pathways calls us to do is to think differently. How do we work together as a team to support the student? That does mean that there's gonna be times where there's a blurring of roles, and this is, this is confusing and muddy, and in some ways, is purposely muddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just had a uh, big uh, meetup between the completion counselors, uh, the success coaches, and the faculty mentors on Friday. We spent about three hours uh, just having them talk to each other about what they're doing, how their roles fit together, understanding what the different roles are. Um, and you know, part of what we noted was there's a lot of overlap there's a lot of overlapping, even in uh, the advising side between these success coaches and the completion counselors, even though they have some definition that distinguishes mm-hmm. what students they're assigned. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are important differences. So, for example, uh, you know, one thing that uh, that emerged in the conversation that struck me was, uh, you know, if a student is really confronting a, a holistic set of of life issues, of issues that might require the intervention of um, counseling services. Mm-hmm. You know, the mentor, the mentor is someone who they might come to, who can identify that, and they might be able to refer to some services. But that might be a point where the mentor needs to say to a, you know, to the student, connect that student to the completion counselor because they have the counseling training, mm-hmm. they have the expertise to really assess more of what's going on with that student. Whereas the mentor, because they're faculty, because they're really embedded in instruction. And more importantly, they're embedded in the disciplines and the way Mm -hmm. academic work is done, um, are able to really help the student think about their academic path, understand their academic path, understand how to interface with the instructional side in a way that's going to benefit them and lead Mm -hmm. them to success, and really understand kind of where that path goes um, and where that goes not only within ACC, but beyond ACC. If we want to bring students to completion, what we have to do is think about where, what is it they want. And, you know, they often, especially on the transfer side, which is where we have our mentoring primarily happening right now, uh, students come with an idea that they want to get an education because they want to have a better life. You know, like that's Mm -hmm. the baseline, Um, but they don't necessarily have a a strong definition except for maybe some sense of some interest, like maybe I'm interested in psychology. I like the way people think. Um, Mentors are more deeply embedded in that, so they can say, no, this is is who you need to talk to in the department to help you understand what that discipline is about and whether that is what you want or whatnot, and these are the other areas to explore. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you're further along and really like this is these are the next few steps you need to take and these are steps that will be particularly important if you're trying to set yourself up for transfer to UT or if you're trying and Won't jeopardize your transfer to Texas State if you don't get into UT So those are that's the expertise they can bring Mm -hmm. as faculty Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also just an important part uh, that we learned in talking to students we did a focus group Well, we did three focus groups uh, with students that simply forming a relationship mm-hmm. with a faculty member, uh, with all those students we talked to, yep. was a centerpiece to their sense that they could make it mm-hmm. through their education. Yeah, career. that
1: that came through over and over. Is that relationship, and uh, you know, to to your point, Grant, about you know, the the faculty mentor really being that key resource and to establishing that relationship with the student and then being aware of all the other resources available. You know, the mentor is not the expert in all those other resources, but there really are the connection for the student to pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, I've got the student here, I'm gonna send him over your way, or even walking the student over to financial aid or uh, to the food pantry or whatever other issue might might be happening in that student student's life. And that's really what we see students saying about faculty mentoring and what the faculty mentors are are excited about that that they can connect that student and establish that relationship because the the other value of the faculty mentor is that there's not a time restraint on how much time they can spend with a student. Student may knock knock on their door or show up at whatever campus they're at and the mentor may spend 45 minutes to an hour with them. Uh, and again it's those relationships and that that trust that those two people are building, and hopefully that that student recognizes if I have an issue, right? I've got that relationship with my mentor and uh, get there before they decide to exit out. Great.
0: Uh, What has the feedback been from faculty uh, on the impact that they've had on student success through being a faculty mentor?
1: A few of the things that I have heard, I think, first of all, they're still getting their feet wet and getting settled into their roles. Um, But in the summertime, uh, it was the uh, David's group. Yeah,
2: the the um, science engineering. The the
1: science engineering. They they really were the first two mentors that that started their work. And it was for them, it was really just kind of sorting through these hundreds of students and finding where are you. What do you need? Do you know where you're going? And uh, it's just kind of beginning to put kind of like what we would say maybe a number to a face and to connecting to that student and uh, uh, identifying what is it they really want to do. And it's kind of beginning to establish what what the needs of of that division are. Uh, uh, What are the resources that the mentor, you know as a mentor, what do I really need to have access to very quickly? And so some of that, I think, is still kind of going on, uh, which was the feedback that we've heard from from some of the mentors. But they really are getting a a sense of the number of students that really need guidance and uh, the number of students that have really kind of been lost out here at ACC. Right.
2: And I think think that also brings up what what we've seen, uh, especially with that example of the science, engineering, and math mentors. Um, so, before they got their caseload, what the science, engineering, and math mentors did was they worked with their dean on really just doing an audit of all mm-hmm. the students with excessive credits and trying to contact those students and figure out what's going on, go through their, their, their record and really say, you know, what's, what's going on, and it's highly varied. Um, yeah. But part of what they, and there were some places where a student just needed one class um, and sometimes it was a class that could, like, there was a substitution that could be done with a department chair, and no one had to, you know, ever just made that connection for them. Um, or they were hanging out because they didn't know where to go, because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't know what the next step was. They were scared of graduating because graduating means, you know, like, and so <laughs> helping, helping getting them there. So those are the kinds of, but a lot of what they also began to do was to say, hey, we're noticing this pattern. In this program with students where they're falling off the map so I can take that information back Mm -hmm. to the department Mm -hmm. or there's a particular problem in our institutional way of kind of just arranging ourselves around them uh, that we're counting this class you know it could be that this class is coded in a way that it doesn't need to be and again it may require the department to go to curriculum and programs and make that change so part of what um, what the mentors are doing, and I, and I know there's a certain cheesiness to this, but like you know, there's a level at which they're mentoring the students, but we've also conceptualized it, and we can see them talking about this—that they're also mentoring the programs, they're mentoring mm-hmm. um, the, the the larger institution on how to serve these students better. Um, they're mentoring the academic side, the instructional side of what we're doing um, about what's going on in advising. They're mentoring mm-hmm. student affairs and advising on what's going on in the instructional side. Yeah. They're providing that glue between all these different groups that are working around the student. The student is the center here and the student's pathway is the center to help make sure that those students are, are going through the path successfully. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times we can, we can ask ourselves, you know, what, need, what does this student need to do? What, what guidance do we need to provide this student to make sure that they do the right thing to get where they need to go? But I think an important part of the pathway model too is it's a model that says we're constantly in reform, we're constantly Mm -hmm. asking what's going on with our students and what do we need to do to serve the students better on that pathway. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we've heard that there's a a way that they provide an important uh, glue Mm -hmm. in that, in helping provide that feedback to the deans, back to the department chairs. Um, I think that's one of the places we can more formally work on intentional, creating intentional structures around that. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what, you know, I think we'll see going forward in the future. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we're six, not even six months into it, really. I mean, you and I have been working on it for a couple of years, but the actual start of the mentors started in the summer, so. Right. uh, And the the last mentor just came on in December, or early January. Early January. Early January, so uh, there's still a lot Learning, learning happening, and know, the not knowing what I don't know, and and uh, and developing their cohesiveness as a group, and um, I mean, so you know, we're st- we still have some work to do around mm-hmm. that, in supporting the mentors, and developing the mentors, and integrating them into their their uh, divisions, and getting them comfortable and in their
2: and roles. Is, and I think about it. it's a curious role because, like. Yeah. Really what, what we've identified is, again, what is a really an informal part of faculty work that all faculty may do, right? Um, but which we can see from the literature and from talking to students in the focus groups is essential mm-hmm. to student success, which is being that connection, that friend, that advocate for the student, um, that's, that's gold. And what we don't want is for these formal faculty mentors to take that role at the expense of the role all faculty take. Um, so there's a level yeah. which you know we're, we're really trying to say, let's give you the resources to make this a really intentional part mm-hmm. of your job, focus on a, a group of students that really need that help, uh, really need that connection, and then use that to strengthen the mentoring that comes from faculty outside of those formal faculty mentors
0: uh, mm. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you had mentioned that uh, the the concept of mentors really kicked off over the summer, and you're you know even just recently still onboarding additional mentors. But you'd all you'd mentioned focus groups of students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what other feedback have you gotten from students about the idea of faculty mentoring?
1: I'm trying to remember. Yeah, remember what we've got. We've gotten feedback uh, from aside from David's group.
2: Yeah, we got some feedback there, but you know, I mean, the the fact is, we haven't gotten into a a formal analysis with the students yet of how they're experiencing that. Um, Part of what we've part of so part of what um, is is also interesting about the faculty mentors is they work for their deans right yeah. and so while we have this cohort of mentors that are across three divisions right now science engineering math business studies and liberal arts and liberal arts work they, they report to the social and behavioral science yeah. dean but they work with both deans in liberal arts um, and so in terms of really kind of assessing yeah what's going on that's that's something that's happening at the dean level. And we haven't gotten a sense that there's been a strong kind of engagement yet to see that. And, and like I said, part of what we're doing is, is just getting them rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, we got them set up last semester. Mm-hmm. And it, you know that we're introducing new structures. Like we had to, they had to create a whole new category in our database uh, around the student record so that the student could have direct identification of mm-hmm. their mentor when they log into Student Services, and yeah. so that like that took a couple of weeks to get set up correctly and delayed the caseloads getting mm-hmm. on. So like many things at ACC, uh, you have a good idea and you get it, and then you get into it and you realize we have mm-hmm. so many systems mm-hmm. talking to each other at once yeah. um, that you gotta you gotta adjust and mm-hmm. and modulate it. Yeah, but I, I think yeah, that's that's true. We should go back and talk to the students. I mean, we can survey them, and we should talk mm-hmm. to the students and see yeah. what their experience is after those mentoring sessions.
1: And that is something we had talked about early on. It's like, how are we going to measure the success mm-hmm. of this? Um, so, I would say after the spring semester, you know, all of them would have had definitely a lot more work under their belt, and it would be a good opportunity, say maybe around summertime, to kind of look at, okay, what did, what did they really – what was the feedback they were getting from the students? This spring semester yeah, because we have a, yeah.
2: an ability to do a kind of quantitative measure like yeah. we, we know who they were assigned to mm-hmm. we can look at those students compare them generally to students with similar traits mm-hmm. and say hey did this seem to adjust did this push the needle do we see more persistence do we see more completion mm-hmm. those being the two real parts of the pathway that we're really focusing mentors around but that's different than talking to students mm-hmm. and getting a sense from them right. Um, we have we have a good sense of what students have experienced in terms of this kind of mentoring role that's happened informally, but we'll need to get back in there and see what mm-hmm. happens with the
0: formal rent mentoring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, are there other projects or initiatives within the concept of faculty mentors that would be beneficial for faculty and staff to know as it relates to guided pathways, either things that are happening now or things you have planned for the future?
2: I mean, I think the one thing I would say that comes out of this for me is the importance for our students that we form good relationships with mm-hmm. Student Affairs and understand what's going on in Student Affairs. So, yeah, I mean, there is a level at which we can, there's a number of initiatives at Student Affairs. They have, um, in many ways, completely, restruct- like sometimes I think on the instructional side, on the faculty side we're like, oh, we have initiative fatigue, we're overwhelmed, there's so much going on, and there's a reality to that. I mean, I think that there's, there's, there's. we need to probably, in some ways, be more focused on kind of making sure that, that we're doing things um, very intentionally around uh, what our goals are with our students, uh, but it's nothing like what Student Affairs has undergone in mm-hmm. the last three or four years with Pathways. Um, they seem to have completely restructured how they approach things, and I think in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think it's been hard for them, but I also think talking to people in Student Affairs, um, they report real changes, beneficial changes Mm -hmm. in the way that they support students. Mm -hmm. So yeah, knowing how area of study advising works, that that advisors um, over in Student Affairs are working with a caseload of students. Um, That when I'm talking to a student, I can look up in their record who their advisor is, and that may. And although they can still go and and talk to any advisor, they do have a touch point, and I, as a faculty member, have a touch point I can talk to, Mm -hmm. understanding that there is uh, these initiatives like the completion counselors and the success coaches, which are two types of student advisors, counselors, and advisors who work with students toward the end of their career, to help, because we do see that, like a lot of students make it through mm-hmm. their first 30, you know, we can't talk in terms of years, because our students are all over, the, but yeah. do, through That's their true. first year, their thir- first 30 credit hours, and they're going along, and then at some point, for some reason, in that second half, they fall off the map. Um, and where we can track them, it doesn't seem like they're going to other institutions, it just seems like they're they're, they're stopping out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to understand, uh, I mean, I think some of us might say, oh, well, they just, they just couldn't cut it. They weren't doing well academically.
1: Mm-hmm. But again, that's
2: not the evidence. Mm-hmm. The evidence is that we're losing students who are doing well academically. And there's a variety of factors uh, contributing to that. Um, so I think understanding where the support is for students, both in student affairs and b- mm-hmm. more broadly, so we can connect them to that support. I think it is probably what's most important for faculty to learn and be aware
1: of. Mm-hmm. And I think also the the use of our data, mm. uh, real time data. Uh, I'm optimistic that it's going to give us the tool to better intervene with a student in more real time, uh, and not have to wait, you know, for a year later to capture the data and think, oh. Um, so I'm excited about that, and the the integration of how we're using the data with student. Uh, student affairs and then with our faculty mentors and early alerts and and uh, being a little more proactive with our student and, and not as reactive as, as we've been in the past uh, is some of the positive things I see us yeah. doing going forward. Uh, and let
2: me give you one good example of that. Um, and this is uh, an example that is in my work as a department chair that I get out of doing this work with the faculty mentors. Now, I became very aware of how, how useful Blackboard grade data is for advisors, not just to see how students are doing academically, but to as a signal we can know mm-hmm. that a student's falling off the map and may need just, just someone from the institution to reach out and say, hey, we're here, you know, not, oh, it looks like something's going on, but hey, we're here so that that student can come connect with us. And, and we can connect them to the resources that may be, you know, just because something happened, they lost their job or any number. Mm-hmm. Their and, car
1: broke down. You know, and,
2: and if they're cooking along and their grades are doing fine in Blackboard through the semester, and then across their classes they stop, you know, they stop doing their grades in, each individual faculty may not recognize that, but the system recognizes that mm-hmm. and can say, hey, something's going on with this student, alert the advisor, the advisor can reach out and the student. That only works if if faculty are putting their grades in Blackboard, right? Mm -hmm. And when I talk to my department about that, I think part of what I realized talking to them is faculty may or may not keep grades in Blackboard, and faculty who don't, a lot of times they just don't see why it's really important, um, because they're not aware that there's this whole ecology of support that relies on that information. And so knowing our role in generating that real-time data just by doing something as simple as Keeping your great book in Blackboard, you know, even if you don't use Blackboard for anything else except posting your syllabus, um, can be vital to helping make sure our students are successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, the last question I have that's not necessarily related to faculty mentors is: Is there anything that's given you a Riverbed pride this week?
2: What's giving me a river Well, I mean, it's the beginning of the week, so can we answer for last week? Yeah, sure. I'd say it's Monday.
1: <laughs> <Go for laughs>
0: it. Beginning of the month, you can even do for the month.
1: You know, I.
2: I have to say that meeting we had on Friday, yeah. um, I was I was talking to Amber, who is one of the executive deans mm-hmm. who helped organize that. Um, and we were talking about what we were seeing. And I said to her, you know, every educational institution I've ever worked at, and I've worked at a number, um, this is the place where no matter what people, like whatever's in people's head, whatever they're pushing for, whatever, the highest percentage of people that I work with who are here because they really care Mm -hmm. about the students. And I was just reminded of that, watching those. And so um, that's what gives me pride, and I think gives me pride every day, Mm -hmm. is that I do work in an institution Mm -hmm. where I can say the institution cares, but institutions don't care. Um, The people in the institution, on the whole, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, care on a real deep way and bring it, they bring it to their work every day.
1: Mm Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You and I have been working too long together because I was thinking kind of <laughs> similar things and that it inspires me to come into a space where there's people committed to making a difference in people's lives and willing to do the hard work and willing to own what's working and not working and willing to give up what they've been doing for years because there's evidence to prove to show look what there's a better way to do this uh, and to me that's inspiring and I, I agree with Grant there's so many great people here that want to do this for the student and come to work because they want to help a student and that's inspiring. Great.
0: Well, thank you again, both of you for joining me today. And that wraps up another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. Don't forget that you can view blog posts for each episode on the TLeb website. I also encourage you to to subscribe to the ACC District podcasts on any of your preferred podcast apps or listen to individual episodes on the TLeb website. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC.